Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matthew Chu. I'm Chu Chi, creating higher universally aligned thoughts, energy, creativity, health, and interdependence. I took the idea of developing my own golfing religion very seriously because I took my game of golf very seriously. In fact, the only thing that mattered to me for the longest period of time was my game of golf. It led to my first visit to a psychotherapist's office. It led to some of the first books, and in college I was studying meditation and looking for a way to improve my concentration. The question that I asked is, how do you improve your concentration? The length of it, the depth of it as a result of the length, the kind of ability to shut down all the other distractions and focus on just one thing when you need to. How simple is that? Well, ask any professional golfer and you'll hear that that is extremely difficult given the highly distractive situations at the sport. So I developed a religion. I said, this is going to be a thing where I'm going to have more than one person doing what I'm doing. All of us together working together on this project means that you all have something in common. It's that you're all working on controlling the mind in all circumstances. And the ability to maximize the type of mind, the frequency of that mind, the way that mind is functioning for a particular moment. For instance, a tennis player's mind it's not the best mind to have, you know, when you're talking with your friends in the grocery store. It's just too high of an intensity of mind. That kind of intensity is necessary to play the game, but it's not that kind of intensity necessary to walk around a grocery store. This flexibility of consciousness is a necessary part of Buddhist philosophical thought. It's the idea that we have different roles in our lives, different ways to feel different behaviors in association with those roles. You know, a butcher comes home to his family and he stops cutting up meat. The thing is, there's a massive difference between people who are uh, rigidly role-dependent. I'm a mother. I've always been a mother. I won't change for being a mother. I'm just a mother. To, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. Uh, you know, I, I'm a sister. I'm a... So like, the thing is that there's all these different relationships and the textures of those relationships require a form of mental flexibility so this mental flexibility, when faced with climate change issues, you say, oh, man, I'm open-hearted and I, I care about things. My mental flexibility and I have the ability to, you know, change my mind state from one of daily day functioning to one who's seriously considered philosophical consequences. That mind state that holds important issues close to mind and allows you to contemplate them. That's the mind of climate change. It's a mind that requires a maturity, a strength, a legitimate concentrated power to look closely at the facts of despeciesization and the amount of species that we're losing each year the habitat for all of the big ones with eyes and mothers is disappearing. And there's no evidence. There is no evidence that it's going to get better. One of the most important things to take away from Chu Chi's talk today is all of it. Every time I mention any bit of science concerning the climate, the overriding fact is that there is nobody looking at the changes that are taking place and saying it's going to get better. 
the regional chances of your regional area having some sort of regional benefit are regionally, really regionally slim. The negative consequences for these climatic changes, the degrees to which those changes will occur as a result of the temperature increases that are being projected from the, from the unfortunate math of climate change. These are just not boding well for life itself, adapting. There's just no way that something walking around with four paws and fur and out in the woods is going to live through this. It's just not, not going to make it. Nothing. It's, it's a tragedy. So there's a mind of maturity about climate change. There's a mind of maturity that says, Gee, we, we are talking about the greatest sadness of all time. How can I keep going on in the face of this? How can I keep struggling with the day in day out life that I have in front of me, Matt, and also listen to Chu Chi discuss the climate and the tremendously bad news that it represents? How can I do that? Well, this flexibility of roles, flexibility of consciousness, realization that this deep, serious time of philosophical contemplation about the consequences, the karma, the things that are being created as a result of man's folly in climate change and their unwillingness to heed the wisdom of Carl Sagan and others of his scientific stature, who over the generations have said that we have a massive mathematical problem with the thermodynamics of CO2 in a planetary atmosphere. Everyone know it, knew it from the way back. 1800s, 1900s, the science has been there. So there's something called the Extinction Rebellion that's going on. There's a headline on an article that I posted from The Guardian that, ha that says that a thousand have been arrested protesting um, extinction. There's an unfortunate voice that the public has. It's an unfortunate voice because it's somehow groups of people protesting deserve some tremendous military-like response to their presence. This is the great narrative of our day, somehow justifying the existence of these massive military actions directed at a voice of the people, where arrests, the use of physical force and the ability to herd people like cattle and all the other games, electronic and observation that come to fro in the face of any real protest. We have seen just what the American security state can do and there is practically nothing it doesn't have access to and can do. This kind of power, this concentration of power in this type of use of power is one of the main reasons for my hashtag distribute power. Looking at concentrations of power in all places and asking logical questions and saying what would be the logical question in talking to a person who may or may not have control of our nuclear arsenal. What would you ask that person about what they did to deserve that power over all of humanity? We've got that kind of power going on with the climate change. We have made tremendous errors in the past that cannot be corrected. 
There have been great crimes against humanity during this period of time, but they can't be corrected. The tipping point mechanisms, the things that heat other things, that will release things that cause things to get hotter, that that will release things to get hotter, thing called tipping point feedback loop problems for all of us. The issue is that nobody is saying it's going to get better. Nobody's saying that adding degrees of heat to the system is going to make life better for anything. There is no doubt that there are heating degrees that are coming into the system. Some of them could be tripping mechanisms that can change the climate in a year. It can change the climate profoundly in a year. We don't know what will happen when the worldwide temperature increases a degree or two in a year. We don't know what the effects will be. But there's nobody saying the effects are going to be good. Nobody's saying that it's just going to be Miami Beach for everybody. It's going to be great. This maturity, this mind of maturity that is necessary to contemplate climate change. This is the mind that needs to be in the right people's mind. If you go to hashtag instant radical change, you'll see a wonderful graphic. This graphic is a scientific sociological, sociopolitical, and business research study. I forget where it came from, frankly, but it was at university level that showed who was in charge, what companies were in charge, their relationships to one another. It turns out that this process of communicating to this series of people is possible. And it is humanity's last ditch effort to communicate to those people through instant radical change so that instant radical change is voluntary. We are seeking 100% cooperative alignment for the ruling class, the moneyed class, the military class, the class of all politics and power, the class of natural resource, the class of people who have traded in soft Hardware and hardware, communication and entertainment. I'm calling in all of the ruling class people on the planet to listen carefully to instant radical change because they too will become a logical radical. That there's no way you can escape the logic of our situation and the choices that it represents. Listening to Chu Chi in the situation can save billions of us. It's our only hope. Humanity's great last effort. That it, it, It's bound to fail. It, it's unlikely that we're going to overcome the negative consequences from tragic weather. But we're going we're gonna to go down giving it our best. No one's going to fold the tent and quit. There are too many things to do. And those things are the universal alignment. Hashtag universal alignments. The universal alignments are six simple ways to solve the climate change. To transcend it. And realize that every moment that we have together, every moment that we're alive, and every moment that is not a weather apocalypse is a very good moment indeed.
we may die today of anything from car accidents to health conditions to bad food. Who knows what is going to be at your door when death decides to come. We don't know when our deaths are going to be in that future. It may happen today. It may happen in this very moment. It may happen for someone. But it didn't happen for me right now. So it's a precious opportunity to offer my best for humanity to see to it that we can solve this crisis of compassion, this crisis of solutionless, mindless choices, I will show you the light. And that light is a simple laser-like beacon towards taking care of everybody and sharing the load, the load evenly so that there is an equal chance for all of us to thrive and the challenges that come. We need to stop all men's games and play a new game called cooperation and interdependence and the recognition that interdependence, the idea that we are all interrelated, interdependent and necessary for the web of life will become painfully clear as extinction becomes a bigger and bigger part of our common vernacular. When we look out the door and realize there's nothing growing in my field, and we look around and there's nothing growing in our farmers, and we ask ourselves, how long do we have? I don't know when that's going to come. Years. Could be years. Could be a decade, decade or more. Don't know if we'll be alive or another mechanism could get in the way between now and then that would interfere with the society as a whole functioning. But the most important thing to remember is that we must keep society functioning. We must keep the electricity flowing, the coal-powered plants burning. We need to figure out a way to keep the aerosol masking effect functioning independent of aerosol creation and figure out how to transit the climate from a high aerosol atmosphere to a low aerosol atmosphere with a minimal amount of damage. This requires all of industrial society to be fully intact. The mechanisms and techniques and, and ways to decommission an industrial society has been thought about. There are plans for this. None of it sounds good to anybody. We're not there yet, but preparing for it now so we know why when the time comes. Prepare for it now so we know why things are going the way they are. Prepare for it now and stop men's games with gambling on the future. This gambling theory that seems to run a lot of stuff around here. Uh, this underlying risk assessment gambling game theory of running everything. I think it's run its course. We need to put on our mature minds and ask ourselves, is this the way we want to go out? With a roll of the dice or with, a, with our best effort to solve the greatest problem in the history of humanity. My name is Matthew Chudam Chuchi.